Well, you heard from the announcements. We did have our sweetheart dinner this Friday night, and it was excellent food. Thank you to all those who helped put that on. It was an excellent time. My date was very beautiful. Our table had good conversation. The whole place was decorated very elegantly. But my favorite part, it's the same thing every year, is to hear the testimony of different people. And I know there's a lot of us in this building this morning, but God is an individual God. And if you are faithful to Him, then each and every individual in this room will have your own testimony of what God has done for you. And it's very neat to hear how God brings people together, how He brings a a specific man and a specific woman together for His purpose, for His kingdom. I love just hearing all the different people speak each year. It's, It's my favorite part. So, let's get to the Word. Have you ever had a day or a span of days or a span of time in your life where at the end of the day, of every one of those days, you are completely exhausted? Now, let me just paint a picture for you. Let's just say you get up early in the morning. You got to be at work early. And maybe even you work late. So you leave early and you get home late. And maybe the boys got to go to basketball practice. So you got to run this one to practice. And then you get home from practice and you got to hurry up and eat dinner because the kids have homework. After dinner, you got to get homework done. Then after homework's done, you got to get the kids in bed. And that's always a chore. And then you got to try to clean the house up a little bit so it's not like a pigsty and just try to keep some order to home. And before you know it, it's the end of the day and you're completely exhausted. Your day started, all you know is your day started at 6 a.m. and somehow it's 10 p.m. Your feet hurt, your back's aching, your eyes are half closed, and you're walking like a zombie towards your bed. You ever had a time in your life like that? Boy, I tell you, I think all of us have, where you're completely exhausted. You ever jumped into bed? Now, be honest with me. You ever jumped into bed at the end of one of those days, and you can almost hear your feet say, glory to God. <laughs> you, ever, you ever jumped in bed, and you've thought to yourself, I don't care if I move for three days from this spot. You ever had a day like that? At the end of the day, you are just zapped. You're spent. You run all day long doing this, working hard, getting up early, staying late, and doing all these things, trying to manage your family, and you're just so busy, and the day zips by like that, you haven't sat down all day long, and you're just completely spent at the end of the day, and all you want to do is jump into bed. Life does get like that sometimes, doesn't it? It just does. It gets very busy and very difficult to juggle all the things. You have Kids, sports, your marriage you got to take care of, your relationship with God, work, marriage, ministry, all these different things, your household, all kinds, you got to maintain your vehicles. All these things can be difficult to juggle, and they can make for very long days, and they can exhaust an individual. They can make you get tired and worn out. So it seems like I've been going through a little bit of this spell lately. We've just been extremely busy. My wife and I have been extremely busy. And I know many of you are in the same situation. 
So I've had many of these days where at the end of the day, I'm going to be honest, all I want to do is get in bed and lay down because my body's weary and tired. And that's how I've been lately. Now, on the other hand, I've been trying to be more committed in my relationship to God. So there's been a couple clashes in my life lately. And I'll be honest with you. I feel there's been some times lately where all I've wanted to do is get in bed, but deep down in my soul, I think I've got to be committed to God. So what it has done in me is it's kind of created a clash. A clash where... I want to get in bed, but I know i got to go in my prayer closet and seek the Lord. I know I have to. So there have been some days recently with me where I'm at odds. Where I know I need to go pray, but to be honest, all I want to do is go get in bed. That's what I want to do. So there's been some times where I've grudgingly went into my prayer closet. At home, I actually have a little closet that I go in. It's real dark. I can put on some music and I can seek the Lord. And that's what I've been trying to do lately, seek the Lord, to be stirred. If you remember the last time I preached, it was about being stirred for the things of God. And I want to be stirred. I want to be committed. Well, here I am, though, Lord. I'm so tired. I'm so weary. All I want to do is get into bed. So there's been some times that I have had to force myself to go into the prayer closet. And I'm going to be honest with you. There's been times I just haven't felt like praying. I haven't felt like it. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. To be honest with you, I'm not in the mood. To be honest with you, I'm a little bit grumpy. Lord, I just want to go to bed. That's what I'm thinking. As I'm trying to pray, I'm thinking, look how weary and exhausted I am. I'm I'm just, you know, I, I love the Lord with all my heart. Don't get me wrong. I love God. I love the Lord Jesus. I'm glad I'm saved. But on some of these days, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm just not in the mood. I'm worn out. I want to go get in my bed and lay down. I'm spent. Oh, I just didn't feel motivated. Didn't feel motivated to pray for those that I work with. Just didn't have it that night. Worn out. I didn't feel like storming heaven. I didn't feel like railing against hell to give up the lock that it has on lost souls. I just didn't have it in me that night. I didn't feel like rebuking foul spirits of deception. I didn't feel like crying out on behalf of our nation because I was worn out. I was spent. I was tired. I was thinking I just want to go to bed. You know, I think God can kind of pick up on that because I remember as I was in my prayer closet thinking, I just really want to go to bed. I just didn't have it in me that night. Immediately, the Lord started reminding me of some things. And I thought, what if the Lord Jesus was too tired? What if he was worn out? You think of all the people that he ministered to, to all the people that he healed and he touched. You remember the two blind men that cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us. And they was doing all they could to get to him so they could be healed. Heal us, Jesus. What if he said, guys, not today, I'm just too worn out. I'm just too tired. Come on, guys. I've been traveling all day long. You know, he would heal people, and these people would go and spread his name through all throughout the land. What if he just told those two blind men, just not today, guys. I'm worn out. I just don't have it in me. I'm sorry. 
Catch me tomorrow. Let me rest. All I want to do is get into bed. What if Jesus was too tired in the Garden of Gethsemane? What if he was? What if he just didn't feel like it that night? What if the soldiers came to arrest him and he just said, I don't feel like it. I, ain't, I don't feel like going and being crucified. I, I don't feel like it today. I'm tired. Not in the mood. I'm grumpy. Leave me alone. You know, Jesus could have called down 12 legions of angels to defend him, and he could have walked out of there unscathed if he didn't feel like it. What if he didn't feel like it? What if he didn't that night? Where would our hope of salvation be if Jesus just thought, not tonight, I'm worn out, not in the mood, I'm not feeling it, don't feel like having my beard plucked out tonight, being punched or spit on, just not feeling that right now, we'll get that some other day. What would have happened to the 5,000 if Jesus wouldn't have fed them? They were weary. They had no food. What would have happened to them? What would have happened to all the blind and the lame and the deaf if Jesus just said, not today. I'm worn out. I'm spent. You guys don't know what I've been through. How many people would have never heard of Christ? If Jesus just wouldn't have healed just one of them, if he would have gave them an excuse, not today, guys. I'm too worn out. You know, I love the story of Paul and Silas. You familiar with the story of Paul and Silas? These two guys, here they were out preaching and teaching and healing people. Anyone they came across, they were preaching Christ. This is early Christian days and... And they come across this girl who's possessed with the spirit of divination. And they cast out this evil spirit from this girl. And the owner of the girl who made profit from this girl's divinations got angry. And had them arrested. And they were beaten. And they were thrown in jail. And they were stripped naked. And they were thrown in jail. And it said they were, their feet were fastened in the stocks. So we're going to start reading it. There they were in pain, stripped, beaten in jail. I'm sure they were in pain. I'm sure someone had a swollen eye. I'm sure maybe someone had a missing tooth. I'm sure one of their elbows may have been dislocated. I'm sure that they needed medical attention. I'm sure that some, they had every reason to make an excuse. Just not tonight. Look, uh, not tonight. Look, I'm in jail. I'm in pain. I need stitches. Not tonight. Okay, they had every reason to make an excuse. But we want to read in Acts chapter 16, verse 25. It says, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed. Now this is as they are in jail, as they're nursing their wounds, as they're bloodied, as they have bandages on them, as they need medical attention. It says, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed. And sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep. And seeing the prison doors open. Drew out his sword and would have killed himself. Supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying. Do thyself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. 
And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into the house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Brothers and sisters, when we tell God, I'm too tired, when we tell God, I'm too weary, when we tell God, I'm busy, Lord, I've been so busy, I'm completely zapped, all we are doing is making excuses. That's it, pure and simple. Making excuses. That's what we do. Lord, I'm so tired. Lord, my back hurts. Lord, my feet hurt. Lord, my eyes are half open. All I want to do is get into bed. It's just an excuse. The real man or woman of God pushes through that stuff. Look at Paul and Silas here. They had every right to come up with any excuse. And their excuses to me would have been legitimized. They just got beat. They're in prison. But they denied themselves. They said, you know what? Despite my arm hurting, despite us being arrested, despite us bleeding and the bruising and the swelling, I'm here, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to sing, and I'm going to praise the Lord despite that. I'm going to push through any excuse that I think I have. I'm going to push through, and I'm going to worship the Lord, and I'm going to pray. And you see what happened because they didn't use an excuse. Look at the Philippian jailer. He was saved, he was baptized, and his whole house, it says, was saved. Because Paul and Silas said, didn't, because Paul and Silas didn't come up with an excuse. Because Paul and Silas didn't say, not tonight, my mouth hurts, someone punched me in the mouth. I'm just going to sit here, spend my time in jail, and get out and go home and nurse my wounds. You realize if they would have did that, the Philippian jailer would have never been saved. His whole house would have never been saved. Because they didn't give God an excuse. Now who knows the far-reaching spiritual impact the Philippian jailer had on anyone around him. His extended family. To those he worked with. To those he knew. To those his neighbors. I'm sure he told others about Christ. And it all goes back to Paul and Silas not making excuses. Amen? Brothers and sisters, we're soft. I'm sorry, we're soft. We're very soft. Paul and Silas, they're roughnecks. They don't care if somebody's missing a tooth. They don't care if when they prayed and worshiped, somebody's still leaking blood out of their nostrils. They wasn't worried about that. We're soft. We get a mosquito bite. We're down for two or three weeks. Can't do anything. I'm out. No, that's... That's all we do when we tell God, not tonight, I can't tonight, Lord. You don't know what I've been through today. Lord, my feet are so sore. Lord, my back hurts. Lord, I got to be up extra early tomorrow. Lord, I got to work a 10-hour shift tomorrow. They are all excuses. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, the Bible says. Brothers and sisters, let me ask you this morning. What excuses do you give God? What, what is it that you, what reasoning, what logic do you try to explain to God that keeps you from fully committing to Him? That keeps you from doing what He wants you to do? What excuse are you giving Him that you just can't do it? Not today, I'll get it tomorrow. What excuse is it? 
what holds you back from fully committing to the Lord. Because whatever reason it is, it's an excuse. That's what it is. Nothing more. It's an excuse. Because mankind has been giving God excuses since day one. Since the dawn of time, we've been giving God excuses. I can't. Not right now. Tomorrow. I'm busy. I got kids. You don't know the pain that I've been inflicted in my life, Lord. Now, I'm no master of the Scriptures. There may be many of you sitting in the pews that know a lot more about the Bible than me. I wouldn't argue that. But from what I can gather from the Word of God, God rejects excuses. Okay? He rejects them. You tell God I'm too busy, He rejects that. God, I'm too tired. He rejects that. Lord, my feet hurt. I just want to get into bed. He rejects that. Turn to Genesis chapter 3 if you have your Bible. And we're going to try to get this put up on the screen. I told you we've been giving God excuses since the dawn of time. Well, this is the dawn of time. The first man and woman ever put on this planet. Now, mind you, they were put in the most plush, beautiful garden ever to exist on this planet. That is where they lived. Their job was to tend and keep it. All the animals, they named them, they took care of this garden. That is it. What, that is what they were tasked to do. But God said, do not eat of this one tree. Just don't eat of that tree. Well... We all know the story. They eat it. So God comes to them and asks them about it. And they give him excuses. Adam's excuse is the woman. Remember, he says, the woman. She she gave it to me, God. When God asks him about it, he says, the woman. There's her. That's his excuse. Okay? So God goes to the woman and says, why'd you eat it? And she says, the serpent. The serpent tricked me. So they're giving God excuses. I said not to do that. You did it. Adam saying it's her. She's saying it was a serpent. Excuses. Those are their excuses. Does God accept their excuse? Let's read. Chapter 3 verse 16 says, Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. And in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. Till thou return to the ground, for out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Brothers and sisters, when Adam said, the woman, and when the woman said, the serpent, God didn't say, I understand, my mistake, I, I get it, I, I understand. No way, he said, you're cursed now. You gonna give me excuses, you're cursed. And we just read the curses, thorns and thistles. Dust you were formed and dust you'll return. And he cursed the earth because they're throwing excuses at him. God rejects excuses. He don't care if Adam says blames anyone else. It was a leopard, it was a woman, a serpent, whoever. God rejects it. 
He fully rejects all excuses. He doesn't want to hear our excuses. I'm too busy, Lord. I'm tired. Some other time, Lord. The Bible is full of people giving God excuses. When Moses, when God called Moses to be a spokesman for the Israelites. Exodus chapter 4 verse 10. says, And Moses said unto the Lord, Now this is when the Lord is approaching him and giving him a task. Exodus chapter 4.10 says, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou spoken unto me. But I'm slow of speech, and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who made man's mouth? Who makes the dumb, or the deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O oh my Lord, send, I pray, by the hand of him to whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know he can speak well. And also, behold, he comes forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth and his mouth, and will teach you what to say. Now, Moses is telling God, God is saying, Moses, I want you to go and speak to Pharaoh on my behalf. You're the one I'm picking for this great task. You're the one I want to send. I'll put words into your mouth. And Moses says, Lord, I can't do this. I'm not a good, I'm not an orator. I can't speak good. I can't talk good. Lord says, I'm not stupid. Who do you think made the dumb and the blind? I did. You think the Lord says, I understand, Moses. My bad. My, my bad. I'll pick somebody else. Lord says, no, you don't think I know this? Who do you think made the people? Who do you think made you like you are? And that's how we are. We make excuses to God. And God rejects excuses. He don't want to hear it. Matter of fact, the Bible says the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Because Moses is saying, not me, I can't do this. This is too great a task for me, Lord. I'm not eloquent. I can't speak good. The Lord says, they use what you got around you. Don't you have a brother? Don't you have a brother that can help you? Brothers and sisters, God won't take no excuses. He won't. He's not here to read. If the Lord has placed something in your life or something on your heart, and He has, because He doesn't save people to just sit in church pews. He doesn't save people to just cumber the ground. He saves people to use people. Amen? So what He has put in your life, you better get it done. He's not there to reason with you. He's there to tell you what the job is, and we're there to do the job. Amen? Moses tries to tell the Lord, Lord, I can't, I can't speak good. The Lord says, who do you think you're telling? I know who made all the blind people, the deaf and the dumb. I made them that way for my glory, for my reasons, for my goodwill, for my purpose. Don't tell me. Oh, Lord, I'm too tired. I'm too weary tonight. Lord, I'll get you tomorrow. God's not going to say, my mistake. I was mistaken. I meant to tell him, not you. I'll find someone else. Uh, God says, get it done. That's your task. Get it done. He says, you have a brother who can speak good? Use him. Uh, God says, I don't want to hear it. When we tell him our excuses, he says, I don't want to hear it. 
when God called Jeremiah the prophet, Jeremiah tried an excuse as well. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me. This is Jeremiah. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord, God, behold, I cannot speak, for I'm a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I'm a child, for thou shalt go, and all thy shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. And the Lord's telling Jeremiah the prophet, You're my chosen one. I knew you before you were formed in the belly. I knew you and I had picked you. I had predestined you. Jeremiah says, Lord, I can't. I'm just but a child. What, you see what the Lord says to him? Don't tell me that, he says. Don't say that to me, he says. You're the one I picked. Don't tell me. I picked you. Don't give me no excuse, Jeremiah. I picked you to go before my people, to be a, a prophet to my people. I picked you. Don't tell me you're too young. Brothers and sisters, what excuse are you giving him today? Too young, too old, too dumb, too poor. Don't come from the right class. Not the right color. What excuse do you have today? What excuse are we giving God that holds us back from fully serving God? From fully seeking Him? From fully being committed to Him? What holds us back? What reasoning, what logic do you tell God? Lord, if you could only walk a mile in my shoes, Lord, you would see how busy I am. You would see my career, Lord, really keeps me. i got to keep my nose to the grindstone, Lord. If I, do, if I don't, I'll fall behind. It's an excuse. What excuse are you telling him? Lord, I just can't commit. Lord, I just can't. When we go to our prayer closets, what excuse do you give him? What holds you back from crying out for your unsaved neighbors? What holds you back from crying out for those people that's dying of cancer? Whatever it is, it's an excuse. It is an excuse. I'm not going to argue that some of our excuses, they are real things, okay? I am a busy person. Maybe you're a busy person too. My feet were sore. My back was sore. They were. I'm not saying that stuff doesn't exist. I'm not saying that at all. But you press through those things. You don't use those things. All of us, most of us have kids in the family. Kids are in ball practices. I understand that. That does happen. It does make for long days. It does wear you out and exhaust you. We do have vehicles we have to take care of. We do have a marriage that we have to make sure is okay. We do have homes that need repairs and jobs that need tending to. We do. Those are legitimate things. But don't hide behind them. They aren't excuses. They can't be used as an excuse. God will reject it. He will reject it. Press through your feet hurting. Press through your back aches. Press through when the day is long and you got up when it was dark and you come home and it's dark and you're weary and you want to get in bed. Press through all that stuff just like Paul and Silas did. Bleeding and bruised. They didn't care. They pressed through and they worshipped God and they prayed. Brothers and sisters, that's got to be us. 
That's got to be this church. No excuses. Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child, Jeremiah says. And God says, say not that I'm a child, which means don't tell me that. I know exactly who you are and what you are. Now, I don't know if you notice the trend here from the few examples we just read, but in none of them has God said, you're right, you're right. I'll come up with a different plan. Let me go back and rethink this. I didn't think it through. No, he doesn't say that. God has thought all of these things through. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly who he picks. Notice that God doesn't apologize to any of these people. My bad, my bad. God is unapologetic. He doesn't agree with any of these people's excuses. You're right, Jeremiah, you are a little young. I better go for someone older. No way. He does not agree with any excuse. They're found all throughout the Bible. Excuses that people give to God. Trying to rationale with God. Trying to explain it away to God. Why you're not the right one. Why you can't. Judges chapter 6 verse 14. Gideon tried an excuse, too. Judges chapter 6, verse 14 says, And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Verse 16, And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Brothers and sisters, look at Gideon. tries to tell him, Lord, I'm poor. My family's poor. We're from the least of the tribe. Lord, you can't use me. I'm a bum. I'm nobody. Lord says, I picked you. I picked you. He doesn't back up and say, you're right. I, I meant to get someone from a better tribe, from a better clan. He says, I picked you. Gideon, you. I don't want no excuses. Go get your job done. Do it. Turn your Bibles to chapter Luke, verse 14. The Lord doesn't want to hear our excuses. Brothers and sisters, what are our excuses this morning? Too busy, stressed out, too old, too young, spouse, tired. I've been hurt. You don't know the hurt and the pain I've been through. You're not smart enough, too dumb, too much pain in your life, your career, kids, family. What is your excuse? What is your excuse? Luke chapter 14, verse 16 says, Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bid many, and sent his servant at supper time to say unto them that were bid, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. 
And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord all these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, and the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, yet there is room. And the Lord said unto his servant, Go out into the highways, into the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Listen, for I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Brothers and sisters, the Lord won't accept any excuses. And if we give him excuses, the Bible says, none of those that were bid will taste of my supper. Because the Lord's house is going to be full one way or the other. Either though we're going to say, yes, Lord, I will come. I will be there. I will do it. Or he says, you were bid, but you made an excuse. So I'll make sure you're not going to be there now. That's a scary place to be in. He don't want to hear excuses. He don't want to hear, I just got married. Once I get settled in in my marriage a little bit, then I'll really start serving you, Lord. Lord, I just bought this new piece of ground. i got to develop it. I'm an investor. I'm going to sell it, make some profit. Once I get that secured, once that's almost sold and ready to go, then I'll come and start serving you. I just bought some ox. Lord, let me go check them out, test them, make sure everything's good. Then I'll get back into serving you. The Lord says, you know what? You ain't getting in then. You were bid. I wanted you to at first, but now I'm going to make sure you don't come in. For I say unto you that none of those which were bid shall taste of my supper. None of those that said an excuse. Lord, let me, I just got married. I'll be right, I'll get back with you here in a little bit. Give me some time. The Lord said unto the servant, Go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. It's going to be filled, brothers and sisters, but will you be in it? Or will you be off checking into that excuse you gave him? To the new house or whatever in the world, your job, your career, whatever it is that's more important than the kingdom of God. You're not going to be there for his supper. Now listen closely. When we make excuses to the Lord, not only do we lose, but other people lose. Let me explain to you what I mean. When I say, Lord, I'm just too tired to pray tonight. I'll get you tomorrow. Lord, I'm just a little worn out. It's a long day. My feet are hurting. I got to jump in bed. Lord, I got to be up early. There's this meeting bright and early. I got to be there early. Uh, if I go to bed now, get six or seven hours of sleep, Lord, I'll catch it tomorrow. When we do that, and that person that you know that's got cancer, they lose. When we make excuses that we can't serve him and seek him, your neighbors that aren't saved, they lose. Do you understand that? The people, someone dying of a disease, they lose. Not only do you lose, they lose. When I say, Lord, just not tonight. Lord, I'm too dumb. Find somebody else. Our nation loses. Do you understand that? When the people of God make excuse, when his people that were bid to the supper say, Lord, I just got married. Let me. When we make excuses, other people lose because we don't stand in the gap for them. People dying, people unsaved. 
people hurting all around you. They're the ones that lose when you make excuses, say, not tonight, Lord. They lose. Your family, they lose. Your children and their future, they lose. They're the ones that lose. When we make excuses, when we say, not tonight, Lord. Not tonight. They're the ones that lose. Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. We all lost, amen? I could be kicked back, laying in a tree, petting a leopard right now. But we all lost because they made excuse. Where would the Israelites be today if Moses would have given God his excuse? And, Lord, I'm slow with speech. I can't do this. Go find someone else. Where would the Israelites be today? All history would be different. Paul and Silas, would have, if they would have just licked their wounds and said, not today. Then the Philippian jailer and his entire family and whoever they influenced all through time, who knows how far-reaching that spiritual impact was, none of them would be saved. None of them would be saved. Who knows? It could have had influence on someone here in this church this morning, dating all the way back to there. We don't know the far-reaching spiritual impact we either have or don't have when we make excuses. Brothers and sisters, excuses not only make you lose, but they make other people lose. See, I got some neighbors that are great people. I really love them. They're very kind folks. My kids run in and out of their house like it's theirs. They treat my kids like their kids. I treat theirs like mine. But they're not saved. When I tell the Lord, not today, Lord, I'm wore out. They lose. Their salvation hangs in the balance. And each and every one of us has neighbors just like that. We have co-workers just like that. You have a friend or a family member that's dying of cancer. You have a friend that has a child that's dying of cancer or leukemia or anything. They lose. They lose. You understand that? Can you grasp that? They're the ones that lose when we make excuses. When the people of God make excuses, everybody loses. We all lose. I understand full well we can be tired and worn out and weary. I understand that. I won't argue that with you. I won't. But we got to press through all that stuff. You know why the Lord says enter into your rest when we get to go make it into heaven? Because that's where we rest. Not so much here. I'm not saying work yourself to death and kill yourself doing stuff. Yes, every now and again we need sleep and some relaxation. I understand that. But our full rest will come in heaven. We should stand before the Lord, worn out, weary, broke down from serving Him with our whole lives. Amen? Amen. Let's turn these lights down, please. If I can ask everyone to stand. I want to pray. I want to open these altars. And brothers and sisters, I want to invite you down to this altar because New Hope Church cannot be a church full of people with excuses. We cannot. I want to open these altars. Come and invite you down. Confront your excuses before your God and don't give Him them anymore. Father God, Booth, as you begin to play, Father God, we thank you for this morning. And Lord God, I just rebuke and bind any excuse that we could give you this morning. Lord, I know that we're weary. I know that days are long. I know that everyone in here works hard. I know that everyone wrestles with things. I know that everyone has stress. 
I know it, Lord. There's none of us that have no troubles and have no problems and live carefree. We all have problems. But Lord, we want to fully reject this morning every last one of those things as being an excuse from serving you. God, I just pray that this church, you would stir every single person in this church, that not a single one of us would give you an excuse, that we would serve you with our whole mind, our heart, body, and soul, that we would give you everything that we have, Father God. Everything, that we would pour it out before you. And Lord, one day when we stand before you, we'll stand before you exhausted, tired, weary, and spent because we spent our whole lives serving you. Lord God, we bind the enemy who deceives us and lies to us. And Lord God, we also bind our flesh. Lord, this flesh likes to lie. This flesh likes to not serve you. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that we confront our excuses, Lord and we confront our flesh, and we put it in the submission of our spirit, and our spirit would serve you, Lord God, with no excuses. Amen.